This recording is part of a series of teleclasses with Venerable Dahani Iwahu. Venerable Dahani participated as a guest facilitator in Reverend Jennifer Hadley's year-long Masterful Living course. For more details and information, please go to beautywayproductions.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and it is my honor to welcome Venerable Dahani Iwahu. Venerable speaks directly from her heart, offering pure wisdom teachings of direct insight and practical application in the tradition of Cherokee and Woodland View and Tibetan Buddhism. These are the mother and father streams that energize Venerable and are the foundation of all that she shares. Welcome, Venerable. Well, thank you, Jennifer, and hello to each person on the line in the present and in the future. May the wisdom potential within each one flourish and grow and come forward as ever more skillful action, revealing wisdom and joy that is our natural state and transforming the illusions of separation as we all recall that our heart and mind generate the results arising. So, green medicine synthesizes the wisdom of the trees, rooted in the moment, deeply in touch with the earth, the sacred ground, making offering of clear intention as oxygen into the atmosphere, and also conveying information through the earth of what is being experienced by the forest and the people. The tree element is also about our liver, synthesizing inspiration and experience. So we have dreams, we have insights, and then there is the question of how do we apply these dreams and insights. And it is through the recognition that walking upon earth, we are supported by the pulse of the trees, the communion, the sweetness of the breeze, and all is conveyed through the energy of water. So water is our natural awareness. The tree is the application of our dreams and potentials and our commitment to be awake and kind people, that is the intention that is supported by our view, our speech, and action. So also the element of the trees, the wood element, are expressed in the duodecahedron. The ethers, the field of potential, continually arising. The pentagon, the phrases of the duodecahedron, remind us of the gift of our senses and the ways in which we are connected. Just as the trees convey information through an underground network, our hearts, through heart resonance, convey information into the field. So we are in a reciprocal relationship with one another. 
In the old way, we speak of the tree of life and the tree as an observer, and we begin in this moment to see ourselves like the trees, in that in this moment, rooted completely in the moment, we are also sending forth aspiration, vision, and energy into the field. So what are the seeds that have become the tree? The seed is that natural awareness and the field in which it grows, you might say, are the ethers or the clear waters. Water conveys information. Water remembers our first song. And so when we look from the perspective of Aniyunriwa people, there are certain trees that are sacred. And they are sacred because they convey information and they also represent different clans. So seven sacred woods of the Cherokee, in a sense, can be perceived as seven sacred centers within one's own body. What does it mean, sacred wood? It means that uh, energy of the sycamore gives understanding, gives one a view beyond the horizon. The wild plum nurtures the sweetness of natural understanding and compassion within us. The red oak calls the lightning that we may invigorate our intention. The Locust, it reminds us that all are connected, and the fine flowers floating through the air are like our thoughts. So each tree represents something about our nature. I wish to share with you an experience I had in Central America. As I traveled through Costa Rica, I noticed that from place to place there were tall trees that were looking out and I felt talking to me and pointing out to particular directions in which to walk and to look. And these trees are called uh, saboba trees and in the Mayan culture they are considered uh, quite sacred because of their ability to communicate with the land and the people. So these trees, also known as kepak, have an ability to watch the heart of human beings, to nurture those of good heart, and to guide them on a path that will take them to a sacred place of renewal. So there are people called awas in much of Central and South America, these are wise beings who understand the language of the trees and the pathways that are denoted by the trees to reach sacred places. So why do we have a tree observing us and how does a tree have consciousness? All appearances, all beings in this dream have consciousness, and through the language of the trees, we are reminded to plant seeds of good cause, 
and also through the language of the trees, we are reminded to synthesize the information that is offered to us. So when you see the sun rise and you may notice a rainbow around the sun, that is a message. It is a message of potential arising. And how do you relate to that message? By giving thanks and also by energizing the wisdom that is within you and purifying your speech where it is called to be purified and to open your wisdom eye to notice the connection of the rainbow to your own heart and the vibrancy of forms arising. Having the gift of the human body has both joy and sorrow. And we sometimes speak of one twin who is moving joyfully across the sky and another twin who explores the underworld. They have arisen from the same mother, the same source. One recognizes sorrow and explores it. Another recognizes joy. And ultimately, from the mother's wisdom, it is clear that joy and sorrow are intertwined. And how we speak determines whether joy arises or sorrow. So when does the relationship with our thought and speech and the lightning grid work, which is uh, part of the Earth's atmosphere, conveys information from our hearts to the very heart of the galaxy. We speak of being dreamers in a dream. And through the lightning grid work, our intelligence explores. And also, we are reminded that we may energize particular results. So certain abilities come to different people. The, the dreamer recognizes the potential and makes a path of actualization. What is the path of actualization? It is determining that this shall be done for the benefit of all, and these are the results we envision that all beings may recall their natural luminosity. So in the old way, it is not an eye seeking a particular result. It is how may these activities benefit all my relations. Because through the resonance of the heart and the lightning grid work and the sweetness of the water, we are all connected. So how is it that people create dissonance? Forgetting that we are one and not recognizing that what thoughts go out return back to the one who's generated them. So we recognize the importance of purifying our thought and cultivating an energy of forgiveness and calling upon the medicine of sacred ground. Sacred ground is having a clear code of right relationship. You might say permeable membranes 
through which you exchange information with others and the world. So we can observe divisiveness as a distraction. We can see the seeds of arrogance as a distraction from the true power of the creative mind to manifest what is wisdom and life force enhancing. You may say, well, what is wisdom enhancing? It is the thought, the action, the energy that lifts you up, energizes you, encourages a deep breath, and reveals ease in your own body. Understanding this, we learn to put aside blame and shame, and we choose to acknowledge the possibility and what we may have thought of as error, we begin to see as opportunity to refine our skills and action. So when we consider the tree and we consider the idea of we, a united community, the tree is revealing to us through its ongoing communication, just how indeed we are connected. So the Kapok trees in Central America, they showed me secret paths to meeting places that were not ordinarily found, sacred sites where understanding was maintained and wisdom revealed. So in the rainforest, there is a place where people keep an old tradition. They recognize that they've come from the stars, and as such, they have a certain responsibility to energize the wisdom flowing through the earth and remind all that we have begun as one arising from the same mother sea of wisdom. And so visiting with these people, they were of different tribes, different nations, yet they could all trace their roots to the stars. And they understood that I was coming through the message of the Kapok tree, which guided me to reach them. So as you are Many of you are living in cities. You may not have uh, ongoing conversations with trees, yet your very breath is sustained by the gift of the trees and the gift of the sea. So how do you restore that clear language? You restore the language of the heart through walking in the forest, standing by a tree and also choosing the thoughts that you will give life to. Nature is a network, and the ideal of communication among all living beings may not be obvious, yet it is real. The trees, they tell us about the health of the land, and the water reveals the error of our thought and the pollution of our thought and also calls us to make correction with the power of our voices. So through 
vibration, chant, envisioning, we may restore the purity to the water. Even those who have died, I have seen one woman brought back to life through the power of chant and the understanding of the trees, calling her from deep space because her children needed her. Her eyes were deeply shocked when she returned. How did they do this? Humming, singing, a faith in that life is ongoing, able to call her back. Is it a miracle? Miracles are happening every day. It is a miracle when a human being decides to be kind when others are being harmful. It is a miracle when we choose to energize compassion. What is compassion? It is understanding that everyone is interrelated and that the thought of harm to another actually reverberates through the environment. So what is happening now? And this time it is said a basket is being woven around an older view, an older way of behaving. Why is the basket being woven around this old view? Some say it is woven electronically and chemically. I think all appearances arise from the mind. And in this time, it is most important that we speak the truth and that we speak to one another in a way that is life force enhancing. So as the divisiveness arises, understand it is a impulse to distract the human from the realization of our capability to manifest whatever we call for. So those who are placing limitation on the numbers of humans the environment may support, that is their view. It is a potent living earth that has the capacity to sustain many when we care for each other and the earth. The idea that there is not enough water literally sends it hiding deep into the earth where now it is known of oceans, of fresh water deep in the earth. Why did those waters retreat from the desert into the earth? Some say it is because we neglected love and kindness. For whatever reason, there are cycles of time, and we are part of these cycles. Like the kapok tree, watching over the forest, it grows up to 200 feet tall, observing what is coming and going. Also, there is awakened wisdom within us that sees the patterns that are being woven, sees even where the forest is cut down and we energize the restoration of wisdom in the hearts of the people, and in time the earth is made whole again.
what is thought? Thought is energy, it is potential. And how we view the world becomes what we see. So in this time, so important to have the vision of the Kapok tree, high above the forest, seeing the potential, energizing the community through the root system of all beings united. That is one message of the tree. That wood element, it is also related to a geometric form. And that geometric form is the duodecahedron. Aether's thought, energy potential, waters from whence all appearances arise. It is for each of us to contemplate the wisdom that is within us. Gone are the days to looking for it outside in some magic hidden place. The magic place is within the heart of each person as it is in resonance with the pulse beat of the earth and the sky. This network of communication is ongoing and is reverberating through all space. The earth, a sacred dance ground, we can think of the cube, a sacred ground. Its edges remind us of possibilities and of the importance of permeable membranes through which we make agreements of right activity with one another. Also, the icosahedron composed of triangles. It reminds us of wisdom, of form arising as fire that builds. Also, there is the fire of the tetrahedron. Why do we look at geometry as we consider forms arising? Because we see that every appearance arises spiraling in a particular way, guided by our vision and our speech. So while some may beat a drum of aggression, Others may beat a drum of transformation. Let us place our attention upon the results we want. When there is the repeated distribution of divisive thought form, it is wise to look behind the appearance. For whom is this image projected? It doesn't benefit you, I, the planet. So it is more the result of an energy being that feeds on fear. We can call these Maras. In one of the stories that is told in Central America, this negative being was trapped and held captive in one of the Kapok trees somewhere in Brazil. It was captured and held in the Kapok tree. It was a winged being that disseminated a destructive thought. And so that story, I think, has a value for us today because it is for us to capture the 
thought forms of destruction and confusion and put them in a tree that they may grow into the awakened response of right relationship. So there is nothing to run from. What are we doing? We are being fully present in the now, rooted in this moment. We energize the thought that the human family may indeed work together. Mother wisdom, father skill, all a dance within. How wonderful and precious the gift of life. Transformation, elements of design, principles of design. The dance of transformation, something simple. Fire, earth, wind, water, wood. A conversation. And new growth is coming forth from our intention in this moment. Fire, the process of maturation, taking place under the warmth of the sun. Earth, ripening the grains in the summer. Metal, the harvest. So we transform the movement of the elements into the experience of awakening that our heart, mind, our speech especially, becomes the wind that nurtures and the breeze that reveals we are one in the dance of life. And so this concludes the lecture part of our conversation. Thank you so much, Venerable. It's so wonderful to hear this wisdom about the trees. And I would like to let everybody know that you can ask Venerable a question by pressing star 2 on your keypad if you're on the phone or if you're on the web call, star two on your keypad to raise your hand and ask Venerable a question. And then those who are uh, inclined, you can type in a question if you're at the website. You can type in a question. Anyone can type in a question. And we have um, Barbara Goodfoot raising her hand here. Osio, Osio, so here I am in this, you know that I was born and lived until I was 50 years old in a very green and wet place. And for the last 25 years, I've lived here in the high desert. But I still plant trees, especially here. One of the things I miss the most about my, the land where I come from are the trees. So the other day I was at a plant fair and the extension um, people were offering seedlings of bristlecone pine. Now, I didn't know much about this tree, but they only cost a dollar and I bought a couple. And then I started reading about the bristlecone pine lives sometimes to be 5,000 years old. And there yeah. are some, yeah, there are some that live in this area in New Mexico and Colorado, Utah. So I planted these trees, 
and I named them, and one after my mother and one after Teresa's mother because it was close to Mother's Day. And now, and they they're, look like they're doing fine, you know, but I'm not going to live as long as they do. And I want to protect them um, in some way so that, because I live in, it's not really city, but I live in a place where, you know, somebody might come here and not know what they are and dig them up or ignore them or whatever. Do you think I should take them and plant them in the forest, or not the forest, but in a, a, a more rural place, like up near Abiquiu, where I have a lot of places to go? Well, you've planted them now, and you can create a shrine of each of them. When yeah. you create a shrine, it becomes a place of restoration for people in present and future generations. When it is clear that this is a sacred tree intended to benefit all beings, and there is a shrine where people may come and sit and meditate, then it is likely to grow on into the future. Think of the great tree in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good advice, and um, I'll I'll keep paying attention and know when I get ready to move on, either to the next level or back home. I'll make sure that those trees are um, are protected and and um, noticed. How wonderful. And also to plant more and the other place yeah. you have been inspired to plant in. It is a, yeah. a gift to the earth and when you plant with a good heart, it also energizes the environment and helps restore the stability of the land and the flow of moisture. Mm-hmm. If I thought they would, I don't think they'll grow there. I would send some for the Peace Village for you guys, but um, I think they're more, they they live here. They live in this, yes. in this very dry and 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 dangerous environment for them. But, I mean, 5,000 years old, that's a long time. And that's a lot of information that those trees yeah. share. Yeah, I'm going to go visit some older ones. There's a stand up near Flagstaff, and then there's some in Colorado, a friend of mine up there, a writer who knows about where they are. So anyhow, I miss you guys. I hope everybody is well and spring is coming. Yes, spring is coming. The grass is green, it is raining, and it Mm -hmm. is good. We we are very aware of the shifting weather patterns and we are working to, we we are working with the ceremonial cycle to honor the earth's growth and changes and also making prayers of appreciation for the well-being of our friends around the world and, and those who are being touched by 
the energy of fire. May their hearts also be strong and may the growing earth create sanctuary for many beings. Yes. Well, be well and thank you so much for who you are and I'll be writing you soon. Oh, good to hear your voice, Barbara. Good food. Keep planting. Okay, no problem. I I do all the time. <laughs> Thank you, Ona. Ona. I'll remind everybody that if you'd like to ask Venerable a question, you can raise your hand with star two on your keypad if you're on the phone or on the web call. We've got a couple of people raising their hands here. And uh, Lars, I'm going to unmute you. Go Hello, Venerable. Can you hear me? Yes, I can okay. hear you. Wonderful. Thank you very much for all your wisdom. I'm Lars from Germany who attended your seminar. I would like to ask you if you could share your wisdom with us about establishing a relationship with trees. Could it be helpful to meditate under trees? I was thinking, for example, about using your basic meditation while I'm sitting under a tree. That was the first Oh, time. yes. It okay. is wonderful to reawaken your connection and your communication with trees by walking in the forest and meditating, sitting beneath a tree. And also we take water and we offer it to the tree. And as we pour the water, we give thanks for the oxygen that is shared, the wisdom that is conveyed, and we dedicate our mind, speech, and action to expressing what is loving and kind and life force enhancing just as the tree does. Thank you very much. That's a great practice. Is it also possible to use this practice with flowers? Oh, yes. Actually, in 1987, many of the elders from Central America and South America came out of hiding, and they said that in this time, it is important to offer flowers of yellow color, to lay them at the largest tree or in sacred places, and to make a prayerful connection with your wisdom eye, your heart, your throat, through the flowers, through the heart of the earth, the heart of the sun, the heart of our galaxy, and returning, recognizing that each one of us is part of a, a circle of life and our thought contributes to the results that are arising. And the yellow flowers, they symbolize the awakening intelligence of joyous, skillful activity. Thank you very much. I will do it with the flowers on my balcony in the summer. Thank you. You're welcome. And we have Shan raising her hand. Go ahead, Shan. Good morning, everyone. Um, 
You know, Venerable, living in a forest, I'm really, really welcoming and uh, joyfully receiving this teaching today. Um, and I'll be sitting with it for a long time, I feel. Um, I know that in many cultures, in many ancient cultures, there was a, a relationship between alphabets and language and trees. And um, I'm wondering if you could speak about that a little bit, but also the main question I had was, uh, since you were uh, going into the world of green today, if there is a relationship between color and language. If you could talk. Oh, yes, yes. Well, there are many people who can actually read the language on the bark of the trees. Mm -hmm. And the language in the bark of the trees is actually an expression of the energy of the first sound. So the, the voice of the trees is also the voice of the universe. And as you read the bark, the tree is expressing information about the medicine it offers, its communication with realms of understanding, and its glory of remembrance. Mm -hmm. So um, some painters see the bark on the tree and recognize the language. And those languages are beyond uh, one culture or another. They are the, the seed essence of forms arising. And I invite you as an artist to begin observing the language upon the bark. Like mm -hmm. sycamore. It tells a story of uh, worlds in the past where there was, um, how can you say, conflagration. And the, um, the jubilee of transforming aggression into cooperation. So just as there are communications from the heart of the earth via uh, patterns in the earth, patterns in the grass, and uh, drawings that are made upon the fields. There is information of all creation that can be seen in the bark of the trees, in the heart of the rocks. So the rocks also maintain the stories of the different creations. According to Cherokee view, we are in the fifth world, and some say it is a fourth world, some say it is a third world. Um, whatever world we think we are in, the past expressions of life that information can be perceived, those stories are held in the swirls within the rocks and the design of the bark upon the trees. Mm -hmm. 
Beautiful. So, Venerable, when um, – oh, well, we can talk about that at another time. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> So once again, if people would like to ask questions of Venerable, you can raise your hand with a star two. If you're on the phone or on the web call and anyone can type in a question, all you have to do is go to the web page and fill in the question box there. Don't see anyone raising their hand and no questions written in right at this moment. And Venerable, one of the thoughts came to me, especially knowing that some of the people are who are listening have grandchildren and children in their lives. What would be a good age for someone to, say, uh, plant a, a young tree uh, with a child and to begin to have uh, an experience of learning about this with uh, children and and how what would be a good process to go about that and and so that a child can grow up really understanding that trees are beings that are here for us and that they have all this wisdom and we can access it one tr- traditional way is a child's after birth is planted beneath a tree that the family can visit with regularity. Mm. And also when a child is about three, uh, it is a good time to uh, plant a tree. Although many families plant gardens together as soon as a child is able to walk Mm. or even younger when they're able to hold a, a seed. So wherever people are living, whether they're in the city or the good fortune of living in country space, we can share with our children the power of growth by creating small gardens. So even on the patio, one can plant uh, flowers and tomatoes, which will grow. And then there is a connection in the young person's mind between seeds planted and results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I recall you talking about doing experiments with plants and talking with plants. Oh, yes. Yeah, for many years in the peacekeeper training program, some of the experiments with children in school that they could understand the importance of speaking kindly was to either uh, grow plants or buy plants and to the, some plants to say very kind things, all these things I love in the world, and to other plants to say all these things I hate or don't like. Invariably, over time, the children did not want to uh, speak negatively to the plants because it was so obvious the difference in the plant's health by speaking of the things that were hated. And by uh, saying the plant was ugly, it drooped. By saying they didn't care about the plant, 
it drooped. The plants that were given happy stories or uh, acknowledged for their beauty, they flourished. And so the results were so quickly obvious that many children decided they only wanted to speak the positive to the plants. Mm. Yeah, so powerful, so powerful. Thank you, Venerable. I think it's a good, yeah, it's a good lesson for adults, too, because <laughs> I I know many of us, we, we studied science and uh, which is now catching up with the mysticism of the heart. And in the past, it was not honored, the connection of our emotion and thought to the environment. And so for those who have doubt about their ability to bring forth something positive or to manifest their intention, a good exercise in cultivating this heart of appreciation is working with plants. And so however busy you are, you can pick up a few flowering plants and begin speaking to them. And uh, you can ignore one of them and notice the, the difference between that which is spoken to, beauty perceived and honored, and that which is ignored. Uh, so why is this a helpful exercise? This exercise of growing plants with clear intention that I'm talking to you plant because I appreciate you and I want to confirm the connection of my thought and speech to manifesting what is wisdom and life force enhancing. Every time I think about doing that experiment, the very thought of ignoring one of the plants or saying unkind things, I just, I can't do it. And it's it's yes. such a great thing to share with people because uh, people really, they can't go through with it. It just, and it's so helpful for us to understand that we, it's, for many people it's how they talk to themselves all day long. Yes. And it's so important to make that change, the correction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll just add one thing, which is I love orchids. And in my home in Los Angeles, I would have orchids all year round. And people who would come and have not been there for three or four months, they would say, are these the same orchids that were here four months ago? They're still blooming like that? And I say, well, I'm praying around them all the time and telling them how wonderful they are all the time, so they're happy to keep going. Yes. And it's, it's so provable and wonderful to do with children. Thank you for that, Venerable. Oh, you're welcome. And we have uh, Barbara raising her hand again. Go ahead, Barbara. I have to tell you a story about plants. I used to live in Maine. That's where I'm from. And I worked in a greenhouse. And the lady who owned the greenhouse was a grouchy lady. But she knew a lot about plants. And she had a um, a lot of plants that were special 
that other people didn't grow. Anyhow, at that time, I was making flower essences, and I I was just living in my plant world. And so I told her, I said, Mary Ellen, let me bring some music into the greenhouse. And she said, what for? And I said, because the plants will love it, and they'll really respond to it. And she thought I was crazy, but she let me do it. And there's been scientific um, research done of, of this response that plants have to to music and to sound. So, but that's not what I raised my hand for. Originally, I wanted to tell you all. There's a book. It's called The Overstory. It's a novel by a man named Richard Powers, and it's about trees. It's a fat book. It's a. It's a. You know, you have to hang in there with it, but there are so many wonderful things that he says and that he points out about trees. Again, it's the overstory, Richard Powers, and it was recommended to me by um, Barbara Kingsclover, who said it was one of the best books she'd ever read. So, anyhow. Thank you. Thank, thank all of you, and happy planting, and I send my love. Thank you. And we have Shan raising her hand again. Go ahead, Shan. <laughs> I have so many questions to ask you. I'm just driving myself nuts. Um, I wanted to know if you would speak about a little bit about the relationship of forests to other forests. Um, and because the forest that I live with in, I feel sometimes is speaking to other forests, and I just wondered if you would talk about that a little bit. Well, there has been recently quite a lot of scientific documentation about a long-term communion through the mycelium uh, in the earth, conveying information from one forest to another. It is like an intranet. And yes, wherever you are, you are connected with everywhere else. And the trees are very aware of this. And the older trees, they are libraries, repositories of information. Even understanding and conveying the information of how to repel through developing volatile organic uh, substances uh, to dispel certain insects. So the old trees, which in the past foresters would first cut down, are actually the heart and the encyclopedias of life in the forest. And they convey information to each forest about how they may develop certain uh, compounds with in their cell membranes to dispel harmful insects, even to protect themselves during fire and drought. Hmm. So the Druid people were very aware of this connection of all trees throughout the world. And they learned to listen to the pulse. And when springtime comes to Vermont, 
the sap begins to rise, and when you lean against the tree, you can actually sense and feel the respiration and the rhythm of the sap rising. So communication, it is occurring through the fungus in the ground, through the electrical network in the atmosphere, which conveys information uh, in, from one cell to another and even conveys chemical compound information from one cell to another. And uh, some years ago, as I was studying these things about the trees and the interconnection of the environment, I was guided to plant pipes in the earth and to fill them with quartz sand to different heights. And uh, when I put the first pipe in, I could hear the whales singing. Mm -hmm. And they were also singing with the song of the white pine trees here in the valley. So you can actually listen to the sound of the trees. And there is also an electric effect where when some people place uh, a brass pole or a copper pole near the roots of a tree and then string wire around it in a circle, you can actually light a bulb. <laughs> so uh, there is more to the forest than uh, it appears to the Mayan people, the forest was uh, a source of life. To all of us, it is a source of life. And it is conveying mysteries from the above world and the below world. So in a sense, the trees remind us that the ignorance and uh, even death becomes compost for wisdom and life force to be expressed. So we see a cycle of relationship, a circle of understanding when we have the good fortune of walking in the forest. There is much talk these days about grounding, earthing, and it is important to walk barefoot upon the earth, to lean against a tree, to reestablish the healthy voltage within your body, which is also supported by a food of healthy voltage. So the electrical communication is, as we understand, the pulse beat of our heart and the movement of our thought. And there is a deeper wisdom that is expressed through being uh, well-rooted in the now, where we are connected with the natural pulses of the universe. And so another support for reestablishing that healthy electricity in the body is listening to 
music in the solfaggio scales, which is music based upon uh, middle A as 432 rather than 440. When uh, music is played in that key, then the overtones are continuous and you can sense a relationship with our earth and the sun and you can also listen at NASA. In the past they had recordings of our sun and of the, each planet and you begin to recognize that the sounds of the planets are actually in harmony. Mm -hmm. I want to just add something about the elements that people can think about. So the earth is our sacred ground. It is where we are born and how wonderful it is to be here. And how do we balance our relationship with the earth is being present within our body, of course, eating well, exercising, and experiencing oneself as part of the earth rather than upon it or having dominion over it. And this is through the heart experience. And then there is the water element, which we know conveys the information of all life, and the water is also impacted by our thought. So let the water remind us of our natural wisdom state, let the water pacify the confused states that may have been generated as we wash away wrong view and as we dedicate our thought, speech, and action to expressing what is illuminating. Sweet water. Let that water element remind us that whatever appears impure can be made pure again with clear intention. And the fire element is enthusiasm, joy, creativity. Let us each do what brings us joy. Let us cultivate the creative gifts that we have and express them. Because that fire of creativity is a medicine that benefits all. The air, our thought, our vision, our speech. Let's cultivate speech which invites good results. And space, it all arises from space, sometimes called ether, all pervasive. And water is an expression of that all pervasive space element. All forms arise according to sacred geometric spiraling dancing. And let us be aware of that sacred dance. Thank you, Venerable.
So there is an information superhighway, and it is our hearts resonating with the pulse of the trees, the water, the breeze, the earth. So to understand, wise to listen to our own hearts. And the sweetness of listening also reveals the pain of sorrows from the past. We transform those behaviors by unwrapping the packages of submerged memory so that the sweet waters may wash away uh, the reactive or the uh, contrite state so that one may resonate with an ideal of loving, compassion, and joyous relationships. Sometimes people say to listen to their heart reveals too much pain. And I'm saying dive into it and allow it to be released that the joy and freedom of living in the now may be experienced. Venerable, can you share something with us that would give us the courage to do that when we feel I have I can remember feeling uh terrified to dive into the pain. How can we develop the courage, the trust, the faith to know that we'll come through the other side in a better position? Yes. I can say something a bit funny. Um, if a woman remembered what it was like to have one child, she wouldn't have another. Mm. And so when you think about the sorrow that you've sought to avoid and diving into it, consider it is as a joyous release an immersion into your own freedom that you may unwind from the shackles of past hindrance and in the process of unwinding, of experiencing that pain and letting it go, also dedicating that that others may not experience such sorrow. What happens yeah. when you dive in to uh, the fear, the pain, that, or even a past experience? Someone may have had a life or a death uh, experience where they came close to death and uh, may not be breathing fully in the present because of the echoes of the past fear of dying. So the wise practitioner creates a place of sanctuary, offers water and flowers, lights a candle, and meets the self that fears death. Mm. And then recognizes, oh, ongoing, 
being, forms changing, yet still alive, forms changing, yet observing. Choosing now to resonate with that which brings me joy. Yes. I hear something from uh, some young people that I know when uh, an older person will say, oh, that seems like uh, this could happen, that could happen, get a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. The young person has the mind that that's operating from a place of fear. Get it going. Do it. The ideas that uh, we have accepted in the past, they don't really serve any purpose. Uh, and so see them unwound and return to their simple energy, which you may creatively apply. Pain people who have experienced the pain of loss, uh, diving through that, it may feel as though your heart will break, and then there is a sense of liberation. Ah, this we understand, like when someone is suffering from grief with the loss of a loved one. It seems even the long bones of the body ache, the heart aches, and one may hold on, put on a brave face, and still feel the deep grief. And it is real. Dive into it and offer the joy memories, the joy markers, that others may experience something good and to release oneself and the departed from the contraction of fear. Many years ago, I experienced I was my brother passing away, um, my first of three brothers, and uh, one morning in meditation, he said, well, I'm going to leave soon. If you want to see me, you need to come. And I said, well, I can get there Friday. And then he said, no, I can't wait that long. And so I flew out to California to visit him. And I tried to encourage him. Oh, come on, you, are, you look fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You'll be okay. Um, and... Uh, at any rate, after right after I saw him, he had a, a massive pulmonary embolism. Mm. So he knew it was his time. And there was a deep sorrow because, wow, I could have come sooner. Or, um, and also I understood he had never really recovered from Vietnam. And so... Something interesting occurred as I was driving to the hospital. I immediately, 
from the airport, rented a car, and went to the hospital to see him. And I saw in the right rearview mirror one of his buddies, who I hadn't known had died. But I saw him, and I uh, that was a, a message, okay, he's not going to be alone. He has friends waiting for him. Mm. Um, so how we approach death and how we say goodbye to each other is important. The great sorrows are when you are not able to say goodbye. Um, or you feel you did not complete all the conversations you would have liked. In the subtle realm, you may have those conversations. Uh, grief holding on is painful for those who are here and those who have gone. Um, making peace and acknowledging the joy markers that you've learned with one another, this is liberating. Yes. Shan, I don't know if you had any other question you wish to ask as a follow-up. No, I'm good. Thank you. I, uh, no one has written in, and um, there's no one raising their hand right this moment. I know it's almost time, uh, but I, I would like to ask if I could, Venerable, about the solfeggio frequencies. You you speak of them so often, and uh, I've gone and looked at YouTube, and uh, there are many, many videos with these frequencies, and It'll say all nine frequencies or specific number frequencies. And for, there are ones for pain relief, pain, and for uh, restorative sleep and healing. Do you have any recommendations of how to begin experimenting and working with these in a way that's, um, I guess, Cautious, fruitful? I would say first begin listening to Gregorian chants and mm. the music of uh, Hildegard von Bingham mm-hmm. and also uh, singers. I, I found a musical group called Pentatonic mm. where they just, they're an a cappella group. And the power of their voices and their harmonies are quite extraordinary. And so to understand the Sophagio scales, uh, listen to them as you are called to. And uh, the most clear understanding of that music is through a certain chanting of the human voice. It has far more clarity than the mechanical uh, expression of those sounds. The the most healing sound is that of human voices. And so there are also Russian Orthodox monks chanting 
that is uh, quite illuminating. And uh, then there is music uh, in the pentatonic scale that is uh, utilized in Chinese healing or in Asian healing that is good to listen to. So the Sophagio scale, so it is a key about uh, returning to 432 as middle A because it has a more clear harmonic uh, overtone series. And there are other heating sounds that you can avail yourself of. So begin with the human voice. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, there's quite an array. They have uh, YouTube videos that are nine hours, ten hours long that people could sleep to and things like that. It's interesting. Pentatonic. Yeah, it, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pentatonic are five-note scales. I imagine you're playing the all the black notes of the piano. Mm. which are, are always in harmony. And so there is heating music that is composed of just those scales. And there is uh, there are many types of scales for different uh, explorations. So then there's also uh, Lydian chromatic scales what is most uh, life force enhancing are the sounds of the human voices chanting. Mm. Yummy. Well, we're at about time, Venerable, and I would love to uh, make any announcements. And uh, I know that the your summer seminar is coming up. It's uh, at the end of June. I am so excited for your topic this year, Exploring Sacred Geometry and the Seasonal Cycles. And uh, for people who aren't familiar, uh, they can go to beautywayproductions.com and uh, the website's having a moment right now, but it'll it'll be back uh, soon. And, oh, I didn't uh, know that. Thank you. Yes, I, I found that out uh, right before the class. And uh, but the dates of the summer seminar are June 30th to July 4th, and it's a wonderful opportunity to do this immersion teaching with Venerable in a beautiful environment at the Sunray. Peace Village in Lincoln, Vermont, and the teachings are in the temple there, and people can stay at uh, nearby bed and breakfasts, or they can camp on the land, which is my favorite thing to do. And so all the details are available at beautywayproductions.com. For those who can't come to the Peace Village for the teachings live, you can join on the live stream as many people do, and that's a wonderful opportunity. And then you also have uh, all those recordings. And uh, speaking of being at the Peace Village, uh, just at the end of the month here, Memorial Day weekend, there's the Peacekeeper 
teachings at the Sunray Peace Village. Would you like to say anything about either of these events, Venerable? Yes, the Peacekeeper teachings is part of the teaching cycle that arises out of the Cherokee teacher, the Luminous One, uh, the Ani Yunmiwa person. Ani Yunmiwa is uh, the original people, and the Luminous One is a teacher who came to rekindle the fires. And uh, so there is a cycle of teaching that in 1969, elders said we will share these things with the public that are essentially the heart wisdom that was left in our fireplaces to share with future generations. And so it began as an experiment and it has uh, benefited many people and become a pathway for many to find peace in their in their communities. So the peacekeeper teachings are something wonderful. And uh, it is a seven year cycle and there is also a twelve year cycle for those who are to become ministers. And the teachings in July are a way to go deep into those areas of uh, interest for me uh, that reflect the interaction of body, mind, and spirit and forms arising and the skillful application of our inner experience as a pathway to benefit and realize benefiting others and realizing joy and wisdom. So we call that a, it was a seven day exploration, now it's a five day exploration. Uh, I invite people to participate. It is uh, quite wonderful to be on the land and every moment is precious and one, I, I understand how precious time is, and I'm happy that uh, I've been able to share these teachings with others. And there's one more year of the seven-year cycle of the Peacekeeper teaching that I will uh, give, and I participate. It's quite wonderful. I look forward to it. It is the most healing time for me. It's absolutely wonderful to have the day with Venerable and to be in practice with the community and to just be there at the Sunray Peace Village, to be on that sacred land and to laugh and dance and sing together. It's wonderful. It is. So I'll be there. I encourage people to... Uh, come along and and uh, if you can't come in person, come on the live stream. Anything else that you'd like to tell people about? When is the next mentoring program session opening? Oh, in August uh, there will be an opportunity for those who would like to work deeply and privately to explore the wisdom of particulars in their own nature and the ways in which they may apply that wisdom and skill 
for the next stage of their activity. Wonderful. And so I highly recommend it. <laughs> thank you. Well, I thank you, Jennifer, for inviting me to participate in uh, this uh, telephone reach out to the universe, um, and I do know people have benefited, and I appreciate your asking. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that you said yes, uh, so and I'd I love to offer the long life prayer. Thank you. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom, three fires bright, Guide upon the beauty road, calling all to see. Crystal reflection, boundless compassion, caller of four winds, wise grandparents, seven sisters. May your mission be accomplished. May we assist you in the light. May you receive many blessings and live a long good life. We thank you, Dahani Oahu, gift to the people, great mystery great lady of the Buddha families who holds a secret Vajrayana in the lotus grove of the teachings of the practice lineage. You are the glory of the Buddha's teachings and of sentient beings. Blessed of the Vajra Dakini, may your life to Haniawahu ever remain firm and long. Wado, seeing you all in the light of clear awareness. <laughs> 